Hi there. I'm very excited about my guest, but before I get to my guest, I have a little message from our sponsor. We've all seen it, the stuff that Hollywood is throwing at us, the woke agenda. We get hooked onto uh, what we think is a really nice little TV show with our kids. And then episode five or six, we see the woke agenda and people are not what they seem. Well, we need a better way to be entertained. So I encourage you, pick up Brave Books. They have a whole series of books. And these are books that take place in a magical land. Look at this. You get a map for your kids to to mark. They can. It goes up on their wall and they mark it with uh, all the different things that come from the books. They have coloring for your kids. They have uh, lesson things at the back of the book for you to talk about. This book is about bravery. This is the one my husband did, but they talk about bravery um, and other virtues. Here's uh, the lesson is a good protector puts others needs before his own. These books inspire your children to be heroes. And welcome to the Sam Sorbo show. My guest is Chris Elston, AKA billboard. Chris, he's the father of two girls. He's from Vancouver, Canada. And he's been traveling North America since 2020 on the most amazing journey. He's having street conversations and generating media, reaching millions of people about the dangers of gender ideology, specifically the practice of giving children harmful puberty blocking drugs, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries. Welcome to the program, Chris Elston. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. And before before we started, I was just remarking on how absurd it is that, you know, and, and by the way, like I'm doing a number of interviews with people who are combating the gender ideology, but I was just saying 10 years ago, this would have been absurd to even think of. Like what? Talking to people about giving children hormone blockers? Nobody in their right mind would give a child a hormone blocker. What? Yeah, nobody in their right mind would do it today either. Yeah, fair enough. These are, these so are all people we, in their wrong minds. So how did we get even to three people? years ago? No one was talking about this, but this is really blown up. Really going back to about 2015, this is a social contagion primarily affecting girls. If we go back in history, if we look into this condition called gender dysphoria, this primarily affected boys back in the day. One out of tens of thousands. It was probably two to one boys versus girls. And this started at a young age. It was boys who wanted to be girls. And guess so you're what? Saying, Rocket. Just to be clear, you're saying 0.001%. Yeah, 0.002% uh, or something like that. We're talking like one out of 30,000 kids. Right. Boys. Depends on the time period you look at. But exceedingly rare of course. And guess what? When these boys went through puberty, they almost all grew out of it. The most recent study we have into boys before they started giving kids puberty blockers followed 139 boys from the age of five all the way up into their 20s, and 87.8% of them grew out of it. And this is interesting. A majority of them actually grew up to be gay, 63.6%, which isn't totally shocking when you think about it. Really effeminate little boys, sometimes they grow up to be gay. So this is harming kids who would grow up to be gay. But what's happening today is totally different. This is a social contagion now primarily affecting girls who never grew up with this gender dysphoria, which is essentially just self-loathing is all it is, really. And there's always other things going on. But today, this is mostly affecting girls when they get into middle school and high school. 
guess what? Puberty can be a hard time. These are all the misfit kids. These aren't the cheerleaders and the college football players. These are the kids with bad home lives. About half of these children are on the autism spectrum. These are kids with eating disorders, kids in state care, and just troubled kids. And they're now being told that the reason for their struggles is because they were born in the wrong body. What an absolute load of colossal garbage. There's no such thing as a child born wrong. And and ultimately, what does that do to, like, if I'm born in the wrong body, the, the, the struggle that I think we face is the girls, when they take the hormone, when they take the hormones, right, they're given testosterone and the testosterone makes them braver. It's basically a courage pill. And so then they care less about how insecure they are. They basically, they're taking a security pill. So then they think, oh, the testosterone is really helping me because they feel so much better. And it's not actually curing the problem. That's right. So there's two components to this. There's the puberty blockers, which stop their bodies from producing estrogen. And for boys, it stops them from producing testosterone. So the technical term for these drugs, they're called gonadotropin-releasing hormone agonists. They stop the pituitary gland from releasing follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone for any doctors watching this. Those in turn trigger your body when you go into puberty to release estrogen. For me, they triggered testosterone. That's what causes our secondary sex characteristics to develop. So boys get deeper voices, broader shoulders. They get more muscle, they get hair. Women, of course, grow breasts, their hips get wider. All sorts of things happen. None of that will happen while they're on these puberty blockers. So the idea, according to these trans activists, is to keep the children looking neutral so that they don't suffer the trauma of a girl growing into a woman or a boy into a man. So keep them looking neutral, then give them the opposite sex hormones. And exactly what you just said, testosterone increases their confidence. It would do the same for me. It might reduce their anxiety short term and they're feeling better. This is a class three drug. But this, of course, is just a very temporary Band-Aid. And this comes with all sorts of permanent medical side effects. These girls have to get a hysterectomy after four or five years because testosterone causes vaginal and uterine atrophy. So they're cutting out the womb of teenage girls, sending them into menopause. Another hundred side effects of its own, early onset dementia, early onset osteoporosis. The puberty blockers themselves are causing what's called osteopenia because bone demineralization is one of the side effects. A young girl in Sweden suffered spinal fractures while she was on this drug. It's sterilizing kids. Again, sterilizing autistic kids. Here in Canada, a lot of indigenous kids because those are the kids in state care. 52% of all kids in state care are indigenous. And we have one psychologist where I'm from in British Columbia transitioning more than a thousand kids, including more than 500 in state care. This is just an unprecedented scandal. And it's all based on this psychologically abusive nonsense that a child might be born wrong. Imagine someone telling you when you were a little girl that you should have been a boy. How are you going to feel? That is so psychologically abusive. Never mind all this physical harm being done to these kids. And they're chopping off the breasts of girls in California as young as 12 years old. Maybe other states as well, but we have evidence there. I've got the psychologist at Kaiser Permanente admitting to this on camera. They're castrating 16-year-old boys. 
And what's wrong with these kids? Something is wrong with them mentally. They need help. What they don't need are chemical castration drugs given to pedophiles to this day. This is just totally insane. Yeah, I'm following the story of Chloe Cole, and um, there's another young woman who's suing Kaiser Permanente for performing the surgery. That's right. Her name's Layla Jane. Layla Jane, that's right. 13 in grade eight, they cut off her breasts. 13 years old. She just left elementary school. So that was done at Kaiser Permanente in Oakland, California. And I'm glad you brought up Chloe Cole because we're hanging out next week. I was invited to speak at UC Berkeley, (laughs) the home of the civil rights movement. (laughs) So I just invited Chloe last night to join me. So the two of us are going to go there and we're going to talk to the Berkeley College Republicans. But To be honest, hopefully I get some of these radical leftists going to counter protest because they always do my job for me and help generate a lot of media. Right. And so and and that is your job now is to I mean, you you come from finance. This is a this is an interesting twist on your career, Chris. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) not the traditional career arc. Yeah, most of my adult life, I managed money and then I had a little insurance business for a little while. But I didn't love that anyway. And I've never been all about chasing money. I'd rather live a purpose-driven life. And I'm a dad. I've got two girls. They're 11 and 13 years old. Yeah. So you're looking at this. Yeah. You're looking at these young women that have been so, so abused and saying, you got to protect them. You got to speak out. That's right. That's right. I started learning about this in 2019. I think at the time my girls were probably just seven and nine, but I came across this term puberty blockers. And I said, what the heck are those? And of course, they're exactly what they sound like. And the average person, when they hear about this, nine out of 10 people, their jaw just hits the floor. They don't believe it's happening. What? We're stopping the development of children? What? That's nuts. But no one knows what to do. And people who have been speaking about this were losing their jobs or, you know, cancel culture comes through them in whatever way that it does, or they lose friends or family or whatever. And so you had this perfect storm where everyone was afraid to speak about this. Trans rights have been conflated with gay rights, and these things are totally separate. It's a great trick of the left to have combined LGB with TQ. We need to separate those. LGB is all about attraction. Transgenderism is about a denial of reality itself. And queer theory, of course, basically is about destroying all the norms of society, destroying the nuclear family and making whatever is perverse normalized. Like they want to normalize pedophilia, for example. They say that these poor men just suffer from an innate sexual orientation, which has them, they now call them minor attracted persons, and they want to destigmatize this. Well, no, we can't allow this to happen. And we can't allow our kids to go off into a world that doesn't know what a woman is and is trying to change the sex of children. So I obviously, because I do what I do, obviously, I was very moved by all of this. And it felt like a calling for me to go do something about it. I had a vision for what to do. I just really wanted to start a lot of conversations because I knew that when enough parents learn what's going on, that we're going to put a stop to this. And we already are. 20 states just this last year in the U.S. have legislated away this child abuse. Ultimately, we need the American Academy of Pediatrics and these other corrupt medical organizations to actually look at the evidence and stop recommending this child abuse. But we're going to get there one of these days. So I think it's interesting because... Um... And and maybe you do you know about the Johns Hopkins study from years and years ago? Yes. Okay. 
I, so. I find that there are a lot of people who don't know about it. We did the research. We figured it out a while ago. They did. So Johns Hopkins performed for, for the viewers. I'll, I'll say it. Johns Hopkins performed all of the surgeries and they followed up because that's what you do when you're doing research with how successful they were. And to a person, all of these trans people were satisfied with the results of the surgery and the rate of suicide remained the same. So Johns Hopkins discontinued the surgical procedures based on the fact that the outcome was not actually improving the lives of the patients. So, and by the way, there is that, there is a a confirmation bias or or an investment bias that takes place. So if you pay a lot of money or you go through a lot of hardship for something, you are more inclined to say it was worth it than if if you didn't have to go through or pay for it, right? And so they just figured, well, this obviously isn't helping people because the rate of suicide remains exactly the same, unchanged. So I can add a bit more to this because we have more data since the 60s when all this started. So John Money was the man who really coined this term gender identity. Now, I've got news for everyone. We don't have a gender identity. We have a sex. I'm male. (laughs) You're female. You can't change that. And that might not be fair, but life's not fair. And that just (laughs) is what it is. But John Money was this pedophilic psychopath who started up studies into his theories of gender identity. And he stumbled upon really a dream for him. This couple in Winnipeg, Manitoba had two twin boys. And when these boys were eight months of age, they took them to get a circumcision. And the first boy, they used this electrical device and it malfunctioned and it burned this little boy's penis right off. The second boy didn't get circumcised after that, obviously. So the parents are devastated. She sees some commercial, I think, on late night TV about what John Money was doing in his research, and she got in touch with him. So together, they decided to raise this boy as a girl, and they didn't tell him he was a boy, and they changed his name. They castrated him completely, and they treated him as a girl. And every year, he would meet with these twin boys, and he had them doing sexual things to each other. This gets really gross. People can Google John Money and David Reimer. That's the name of the boy. There's documentaries that have been done about this. Long story short, both these boys ended up killing themselves when they were adults. And John Money falsified his research. But in academia, this concept of gender identity has been floating around for decades, as though this was some legitimate thing. And as long as it was in some obscure corner of these universities, that's one thing. But it's emerged into the mainstream now. And really around 2010, when gay rights were won, you have all these so-called LGBTQ organizations, which we should just call TQ organizations today. Well, right, and what? I, They're not... just to just to point out that there are a number of LGB activists who are not accepting of the TQ being part of their sort of you know uh, uh, campaigns, and in 100%. fact, Martina Navratilova is one of the one of the bigger names in there because she was she was a gay rights activist, but she is now considered a turf, which is a trans. What is it? Trans exclusionary radical yeah. feminist. Yeah, now, so I don't think she's a radical feminist, but yeah, this was a, a disparaging term that trans activists used to describe the feminists because it was a lot of these radical feminists speaking up about this years ago. So they just call everyone a TERF. And now women have really ad- adopted that as a term of endearment. Yeah. But yeah, tons of gay people are against this because a lot of these gay men, if they were growing up today, well, 
I don't want to be too crude. I was out on the street in Vancouver actually filming a documentary for the Telegraph in the UK and some gay men happened to come along arguing with another gay man who was for this. And one man said if he was growing up today, they would have whipped out the old D-I-C-K saw and castrated him because these kids who would just grow up to be gay and I never att attach sexuality to children because they're just kids. They're not gay. They're not straight. They're just kids. But yes, some of them grow up to be gay and now they're being told they're trans and all right. these TQ organizations, all these nonprofits, when gay rights were won, guess what? They don't close the doors and say we achieved our objectives. They got to keep donations flowing. They got to keep everyone employed. So their new objective became trans rights. And a lot right. of the Christians and conservatives or whoever who were preaching about the slippery slope, well, they've been proven to be right, haven't they? <laughs> yes. And so today, now, the New York Times reported last year, 300,000 children have been diagnosed with gender dysphoria. And that just includes the ones with an official diagnosis. Reuters, they did a study. They looked into all the insurance companies. They used an insurance company called Komodo Health. And just the kids who had an official diagnosis of gender dysphoria and just the kids who used insurance, it was tens of thousands of children who were on puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. Do you think so Chloe Cole's is going to win? Yes, absolutely. Oh, you do? Oh, good. 100%. The American Academy of Pediatrics do not have a leg to stand on. This whole policy that it, they've adopted, their most recent policy was written by a man called Jason Rafferty when he was still a medical student. He was in residency. And this whole thing is based on what's called the Dutch protocol. Back in the 90s, some genius, not a genius, the opposite of a genius. I'm saying that sarcastically. Some guy <laughs> in the Netherlands decided to deal with this girl who had gender dysphoria by using this drug off-label, these puberty-blocking drugs. Because there's a thing about humans, Sam. If humans can do something, it's an inevitable that some of those humans will do something <laughs> no matter how nuts it is. So they blocked puberty in this girl and then reported a year later that she was happier. Wow, what a study. And then they did this on, on some other kids. But even back then, they weren't giving the cross-sex hormones to them, the opposite sexes hormones, until they were at least 16 years of age. And they had all sorts of other safeguards in place. These were kids with severe gender dysphoria from a young age. This wasn't what we call today rapid onset gender dysphoria, where suddenly a 14-year-old girl says she's trans. Hi there. You know, for years I've been talking about how our public schools, our government schools have been captured by progressives and their progressive ideology, and that they are teaching things that directly contradict the values of um, millions of Americans, our traditional American values. And that's especially true if you're a Christian family. So for those of you who are worried about the best educational path for your children, I am pleased to announce my new partnership with the Herzog Foundation. They are a trusted source on K-12 Christian education, and they have a remarkable suite of resources for parents who are thinking about making the switch from government schools to either Christian schools or homeschool. From their online publication of The Lion to their network of podcasts like mine. The Herzog Foundation offers a wide range of advice and information for Christian parents to make the best educational decisions for their children. If you want to learn more about how your family, your faith, your community can flourish through a Christian education, you go to HerzogFoundation.com. That's HerzogFoundation.com.
Thanks for listening. If you don't affirm your child, the state can now take the child away from you in the state of California. Which, yes, by the way, parents, well. if I were a parent in the state of California, I'd be I'd be gone. I'll, I'll tell you a really heartbreaking story in a second. But yeah, the practice is just affirm the child. I, I remember a protest I had in Toronto near a school. These moms put up these signs on these telephone poles saying, don't police a body that doesn't belong to you. We trust children to know what's best for them. <laughs> wow. Yes. My let's children give them would have been eating M&Ms for dinner every night if I trusted them to know what was best for them. Yeah. We don't give, let them get tattoos or drink. We don't let them smoke or join the army. You they saw, can't have was that sex, but video? they can change sex. Chris, was that your mm-hmm. video? There was a video of a of somebody asking people, should children be allowed to get tattoos? And everybody resoundingly said no. And then they said, should children be able to change their gender and get surgery to change their gender? And everybody was saying yes. That was done by my friend, James Klug, who's a YouTuber in California. And he comes out on the street with me fairly often. We've done some projects together. But yeah, that's how insane this all is. And to speak about California and other states like Washington State, Minnesota, all sorts of Democrat states are doubling down on all of this and trying to strip away parental rights, which is another part of my campaign, raising awareness about all this stuff. But there was a woman named Abigail Martinez in California. Yes, I know. I think she's an immigrant from, I think, El Salvador. Yeah. But her daughter, Yaley, grew up normal girl, girly girl, wearing princess dresses, all that. Got into high school, started getting teased about her body. She joined the Gender and Sexuality Alliance at her school. These are clubs during lunch or after school where a lot of these kids who are struggling end up going. They'll lure them in with free pizza or whatever. And well, they lure them convinced... in. I think Chloe Cole joined an art club. Right. But they had a yeah. gender and sexuality teacher come in for the art club. Whatever you can think of, there's someone out there trying to lure these kids in to groom yep. them into this ideology. So anyway... This girl came to believe she was a boy. And of course, the school hid this from her mom. They hid that she had a new name and new pronouns at school. And that's the policy all across Canada, all across most of these Democrat states. Some Republican states are introducing legislation to try to stop this. Some school boards are doing this on their own. But can you imagine your little girl's going to school and the whole school's calling her by a different name and treating her like she's a boy and they're not telling you, her mom, outrageous they do this because by default they treat parents as though they're automatically abusers of their own children which is totally outrageous teachers are already mandatory reporters where they have to contact cps if they think there's abuse going on in the home but this is the only issue in the whole world where they treat the people who love these children more than anyone in the world their parents people who know these kids they treat them as though they're a threat to their own kids and they're driving a wedge between these kids and parents so anyway this mom knew that testosterone was not the best thing for her little girl. She was way more moderate than I, or probably you would have been. She was okay with going along with the new pronouns, a new name, but she knew her daughter didn't need testosterone because she knows her girl. The state took her away. They put her into a group home. And while she was still separated from her mom on testosterone, which the state of California put her on, she knelt down in front of a train and police had to pick her body up in pieces. The state of California killed that girl. And they're going to kill a lot more kids until we, the parents, start standing up and say, screw 
whatever you say about me, I don't care what you write about me in the papers. I don't care about what friends I lose. We're talking about tens, hundreds of thousands of kids being told they're born wrong and then having sex change operations and drugs and hormones given to them. We cannot tolerate this. So we need more people to wear their hats and do whatever they got to do. And that's part of why I'm doing what I do, because I always had this vision that when enough people learned what was going on, they were going to start fighting back with their own sphere of influence. And it's working. We have a law firm in Texas now. Four dads all left their previous law firms, 17 kids between them. I've talked to them. And they started a law firm with the sole intention of suing for these detransitioners. So they've got a lot of lawsuits flying. And one now is also going after the American Academy of Pediatrics. So Great. hopefully Lawfare is, puts an end to this. Is Abigail Martinez um, suing? No, I don't think I, so. I think she would have a case. They told her she wasn't allowed to talk about God with her daughter. Yeah, one reason they hid this from her was because they knew she was Catholic. Right. So they just And so the assumption is she's it. Catholic, she'll be against it. She won't affirm the daughter. Therefore, and they told her that the daughter could commit suicide if she if she meddled. And so she actually went along with it because she was intimidated by the experts. Honestly, so it's Mengele. This is, this is all these trans activists ever say, Sam. Kids are going to kill themselves if you don't cut off their body parts and sterilize them. Right. Do you hear yourself right now what you're saying? I've had 20,000 conversations about this on the street. Rough estimate. I've been out there for probably 2,500 hours. Never mind all the other stuff I do behind the scenes. Every how many single kids, time. Let me ask you this. They say how that. many kids, say 20 years ago, how many kids were killing themselves because of gender dysphoria and the, in, the, the inability or to access medical interventions like puberty blockers and uh, surgery? How many children, percentage, like rough percentage, how many children committed suicide because of this? We have no data on it. There have been no quality studies on this. But first of all, this was exceedingly rare. And from everything I've read, and all I've been doing is reading about this for years, suicides are still vanishingly rare among the child population. And don't take my word for it. I want people to listen to Laura Edwards Leeper, who started the first gender clinic in the United States in 2007 in Boston. So she's not doing this anymore. She just stopped transitioning kids, I think, about a year ago. But for 15 years, she was transitioning kids. She gave an interview with the Washington Post last year where she herself said she's not aware of any ep epidemic of suicides among these kids. And if you look at the studies we do have about suicides, the best ones have been done with the adult population. The most comprehensive study we have is out of Sweden where nobody was lost to follow up. And it shows that the adult population, 10 years after sex reassignment surgery, suicides were 40 times higher than the general population and if you account for other people with similar mental health comorbidities, they were still 19.1 times higher than their peers. Wow. And we have the we have the NHS, the National Health Service in England, conducted a systematic review last year of all the evidence. They found none of this is helping these kids psychologically. Sweden and Finland also conducted a review. They found the same thing. This wasn't the politicians. This was the professional pediatricians finally doing the gold standard in medicine, a systematic review. But they haven't done one in the U.S. The AAP finally started one about a month ago. But I don't trust they're going to do it honestly because they're a totally corrupt organization. But we'll see. No matter what, we're going to win this battle because parents are never going to be silent. Every day more and more learn what's going on. Every day more and more learn more and get more active. 
And it's simply a matter of time until we stop this. It's just a question of how many kids are harmed before we do. Right. Okay. Your billboard, Chris, and how do people, what, what, what is your, uh, what is your mandate for the people listening? And by the way, how did you get the name billboard, Chris? <laughs> so I go outside and I wear signs and I look ridiculous. I'm a human sandwich board or, or human billboard. My sign on my front says children cannot consent to puberty blockers. The sign on my back usually is my very scientific definition of a dad, which is a human male who protects his kids from gender ideology. But I actually started with real billboards that I put up. So in July of 2020, a woman in the UK named Kelly J. Keene, or Posey Parker, some people know her as, she put up a very controversial sign. It was extraordinarily hateful. It was at the Edinburgh train station, and it said, I heart J.K. Rowling. I love J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter author. Because J.K., of course, yeah, she's a terrible <laughs> turf. And she's spoken out against this, and she's spoken up for women, of course. And that sign lasted one day because some people on Twitter complained. And so the government-run train authority took it down. And it ticked me off because I've been learning all about this. I was reading about this every single night, just devouring every piece of information I could get. And I got tired of our freedom of speech coming under attack. That's another facet of what I'm doing. So I said, forget this. I'm going to put up a billboard in Vancouver, Canada that says the exact same thing. So I did. I put up a big 20-foot wide billboard heading into downtown Vancouver. It said, I love JK Rowling. A Vancouver politician said it was hate speech. And she pressured the sign company and they took it down the next day. So that news went a little bit viral. I was ready for that. I leveraged all the attention into a quick little fundraising campaign. And a week later, I had the same billboard up in San Francisco, then Los Angeles, Portland, all throughout Utah, all throughout the metro in Washington, D.C., and then finally Times Square. So that was my September of 2020. But then I ran out of money and no sign companies would work with me up here. And all I really wanted to do was start conversations. So I did the only thing I could do. I'm just a normal dude living out in the suburbs. I have no platform or anything. So I had some signs made. I wear them because it's just easier than holding them. And I talk to people and I go outside. And right away, I realized this is way more inspirational than all these super expensive billboards because there's a person behind it and I'm not hiding. And people were starting to learn about gender ideology. Most had no idea what puberty blockers were. Right, right. But I've traveled all across Canada until they opened the borders. And then I started coming down into the States and I've made so many amazing connections. I make more and more all the time. I'm actually talking to Charlie Kirk right after this. That'll be my first time talking to him. So that's another great connection. And now this is the number one cultural issue of the day. And it's never going to go away until this child abuse goes away. So that's how I got my name. Yeah, we've codified child abuse. Really, that's that's what it is. It's But it, it's the natural progression because um, we we legalized abortion. And that led to a callousness towards children. We sacrifice our children to schools every day and, and we, and younger and younger daycare schools, after school care. Uh, so this is the natural progression. Now we care so little for children that, um, that we're allowing perverts to castrate them. Have you, have you read Ayn Rand's article? Uh, this goes back to 1950 called uh, Los Compra Chicos. No, but I'm going to take a note so I can read this. Yeah, so I I highly recommend it. It's uh it's long. You'll get the gist within the first several paragraphs. It's absolutely brilliant. And what, what does that mean? Comprachicos is the the child buyers. Buyers, okay. And so this is it's been part of um several different cultures, but they basically mutilate children to be the court jesters of the day. 
so that we can point at them and laugh and feel better about our own lives. Yes. Humans do terrible things. They always have. It's very sad. I get emotional when I talk about it. So anyway, um, that would be more fuel for your, for your fire. So um, I want to thank you so much for coming on. So what is your mandate for people watching? Just have this conversation with other people. Can they support you somehow? Yeah, they can go to my website, billboardchris.com and click on that donate button. What I really want people to do is get educated about this because when people don't know what to do, they end up doing nothing. When people don't understand this, they don't have conversations about it. So get yourself a little educated, then get yourself more educated, but just do something. People always say, Chris, what can I do? My answer is, I don't know, because I'm not you. I don't know your gifts, your skills, your passions, but you have to do something because when you break that inertia of doing nothing and you go out there and you go to a school board meeting or you join Moms for Liberty or whatever you do, you start meeting other people who are also in this fight and you just got to get going. You just got to get moving and you'll find great people and you'll make some of the best friends of your life. I'm in my mid forties, but I'm making the best friends I've ever had. And yeah, because you have a common, you have a common purpose, right? That's when right. you find common purpose with people, it, it's, um, it's uplifting and, uh, exactly. and it's immense a relationship. It's a wonderful thing. So yeah. So just go out there and, do what you can and understand that LGB is not the same thing as T and Q, that they're separate things. Um, so that's that's one place to start. Just say, hey, let's not conflate people with different ideologies. Uh, and so, Chris Elston, thank you so much for coming on. Um, this is the Sam Sorbo Show. Thanks for watching.